I was interested in the military long before I had the opportunity to join as a chaplain. And so it has been uh, amazing for me to learn different aspects of it. Of course, my focus is on the, the spiritual and the emotional side, but I get to sit in on classes and I get to learn what the other soldiers are learning. And as a, uh, a force is being deployed in a certain place in the world, there are certain things that are needed for them. Of course, they need the transportation. They need to be able to, to physically get to the place. They also need to make sure that they have supplies, not just ammunition, but they have to make sure that they have enough food and water and all of the other requirements that are needed. But there's another need that is there that most people probably don't think of. And this is something that's called an ROE. And uh, you might not know that, uh, that acronym, but it's, it's uh, rules of engagement. That's what's needed, rules of engagement. And so I have provided a, a picture of a, a card here. You probably can't read it, but uh, what this card is, is something that was given to American troops as they went into Somalia. And it explains to them exactly what they are allowed to do. Uh, what happens if uh, enemy forces begin to um, to attack them? What are they? How are they to respond? Uh, if uh, a civilian uh, group attacks them, how are they to respond? Uh, what are they allowed to do in terms of uh, material that is around? Can they just take whatever is there if they, it is required for their mission? Uh, how are they to uh, to treat prisoners? What's the level of force? Do they respond with maximum level of force or minimum level of force? All of these things are very important. It, you cannot have a situation in which troops get to decide that just by themselves. That uh, if they happen to see uh, a force that they identify as being their opponent, uh, that they get to decide on their own whether or not they're going to open fire or if they're going to decide on their own, if they're going to wait until they're fired upon, how they're going to respond if it's not an actual enemy force but hostile civilians. You can't have individuals figuring that out for themselves. And so they have to have uh, rules of engagement. Things have got to be set out plainly so that everyone knows what the proper way to respond is. Now, this can make, be... Th- very difficult. Uh, many of you will remember the Rwandan genocide, and uh, between a half a million and a million uh, people were killed in a hundred days in that genocide. And there were United Nations troops that were present, and the uh, the commander of those troops was a, a Canadian general, uh, Romeo Dallaire, and he continually. Uh, re- requested to his superiors that he be allowed to change their rule from observer to protector. Uh, He wanted to be able to use the troops that they had to intervene to try to protect the people who were being killed. But the superiors uh, denied that request and insisted that he remain as an observer and the United Nations troops only... um, watch what was going on and not intervene. And so that was a very controversial thing. But that was an example of very specific rules of engagement. They could not just choose to uh, intervene and try to stop the violence. They had to follow the rules that they had. 
Now, as Christians, uh, we have rules of engagement as well. Of course, there's a lot of flexibility. Uh, we, uh, especially within the, the Baptist tradition of Christians, uh, we believe in giving people um, the, the freedom of conscience to figure out scriptures, to try to understand what the Bible is saying about specific things. And so there's a tremendous amount of flexibility. But there are rules. We are not saying that to be a follower of Jesus is just to go ahead and do whatever you feel like in the moment. There actually are things that we're supposed to do and things that we are not supposed to do. And this is especially important in terms of our interaction, our interaction with God and our interaction with other people. And so that's what we're going to take a look at. We're going to look at three rules of engagement as found in the passage from Colossians chapter 4. So the first rule of engagement that we're given is to be devoted in prayer. Notice that that Paul talks about being devoted in prayer. He doesn't say, uh, tag on a little bit of prayer here and there. Uh, Make sure to say a little prayer before uh, you eat your meal. Uh, I actually didn't grow up saying grace before meals. That wasn't a part of our tradition. In fact, I didn't start uh, praying for the uh, for my meals until I moved out and I had to cook my own meals and then I realized I wasn't under my mother's protection so I needed to to pray uh, for those that food that I had attempted to cook. But that's not the kind of prayer we're talking about. That's that's good. All of those things are good. But he's talking about a devotion to prayer, a, a, a belief that God is real, that he's out there, that he cares about what is going on, and that this is something that should permeate every aspect of our life. Uh, Definitely within the military, communication is key. There's continual communication through all levels, and that is just as important within the Christian life. We need to be in uh, communication with our commander-in-chief, God. We need to be praying, not just telling him things, but listening as well. Do you notice how Paul describes this? In in the NIV, I believe it says that we are to be watchful and thankful. And you need to do both of those things uh, together. How can you be thankful if you are not watchful? There are a lot of people who feel like they have nothing to be thankful for because they've not noticed any of the blessings in their life. They haven't noticed what they have been able to enjoy. But once we begin to discipline ourselves to look at what is around us and the ways that God has blessed us, uh, sometimes we can't even see it in the moment. Sometimes it is uh, a year down the line, maybe it's 10 years down the line, where we realize, wait a minute, God really did something there in an incredible way. We recently were talking about prayer in our Alpha study, and there was some uh, wonderful stories of people sharing answers to prayer and how important that was. And even though that was happened many years ago, some of those things, they are still encouragements today. And we are to be thankful. We're not just to give our list of requests, God, I need this, 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 and this. There is such an important place for us to be thankful. And it's not about... Uh, uh, pumping up God's ego that he's having a down day and he, need, he needs to be told uh, that we are thankful. Rather, as we are thankful, that changes us. Uh, the people that I most enjoy being around are the people 
who have that thankful spirit. They are thankful for the things that are happening. They're thankful for God's blessing. That actually changes us. It transforms us when we have that thankful spirit. But it's not just about being thankful. There are things that we can pray for. And Paul asks that they pray for him and his ministry. I know that every once in a while I'll talk to someone and they'll say, well, I don't really want to ask people to pray for me because that seems selfish. And yet over and over again, if you go through Paul's letters, he will ask people, please pray for me in this situation. He will ask it. And we can't go and say, well, Paul, he, just, he wasn't as spiritual as me. Uh, that's why he was asked. No, Paul was as, as great a Christian as there ever was. And yet he was ready to ask for prayer. And those uh, requests were for opportunities to share the truth of the gospel, for clarity, to be able to speak the message in a way that people understood. These are important prayers. And we need to be thinking about those who are uh, doing these kinds of things around us. So we need to be praying for our pastors and our seminary professors and our missionaries and our teachers and uh, people in all kinds of different contexts who have the opportunity to uh, share the gospel message. We need to pray, especially in this world in which there are so many worldviews, there is so much chatter and noise that it is hard for people to hear the message. We need to pray that those things would be clear. The, the second rule of engagement is about how we act. Uh, I am thankful that I get a, a chance to, to wear the uh, uniform Canadian Armed Forces. One of the things I've noticed is that uh, how important it is for uh, people who are wearing the uniform to act in an appropriate way. Of course, uh, we should all act appropriately all the time, no matter what. But there is a, a sense of weight, I feel, when I'm wearing the uniform, that people are looking at me and will judge how I act, uh, and they will let that reflect upon this uniform. And so that pressure is there that I always need to act right. I've gone to gas stations on my way to the armory, uh, just pumping gas, and had people come up to me who had never met me before, but they recognized the uniform, and for them, the uniform reflects uh, a certain way of acting that they respected, and so they just wanted to come over and to, uh, to express that. And so that is something that, that I, I hold on to. But it is not just for uh, people in the Canadian Armed Forces. What about us as Christians? I've had the conversation with some people uh, that they will say that the reason they don't have a, a Jesus fish on their car is that they don't drive very Christ-like. And so they don't want people to, uh, to identify their really bad driving with the Jesus fish so they don't put the Jesus fish on. And I thought, well, wouldn't it make more sense to actually change your behavior rather than to say, well, I'm going to uh, be a a rude driver, but I'll just uh, don't let anyone know that I'm a Christian while I'm doing it. That just doesn't seem to be quite right. Uh, Our actions speak wisely, not just about how we drive, uh, but in every area of our life. How we act is extremely important. And Paul is emphasizing that that we need to act in a specific way uh, so that people will understand and make the connection between uh, our following of Jesus 
and the mode of our behavior. I remember when I was a seeker, trying to understand if God was real, trying to understand if Jesus was the way, and being around Christians and watching them and hoping that they would mess up because I didn't want this Christianity stuff to be true. And so I would watch them carefully. People are watching. How do we know if people are watching? Just you assume all the time that people are watching. Now that sounds like a lot of pressure, but the truth is, even as I was watching people, I wasn't expecting perfection. In fact, how someone responds when they make a mistake can speak even louder than the person who is able to do everything absolutely perfect. So you can't be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. But we need to be thinking about how we act. And then the third rule of engagement that we have is how we speak. We need to speak very carefully. This is especially true in the age in which we live right now with the, um, the prominence of social media. We live in an age of outrage that as soon as uh, someone has a thought, they can put it out there. And they don't have to worry about consequences. They don't have to worry about what people will think. They just blast it out there. They can criticize and be as nasty and as mean as they want and not have to worry about looking anyone in the eyes because it all is somewhat anonymous. And that has created a a terrible atmosphere of how we speak. Uh, Some people are just, uh, when they feel something passionately, They'll put it out there, even if it is filled with hate. They'll, be, uh, they'll feel like it's okay because it is a part of their conviction. And yet that is not appropriate. Paul says here that our, our speech should be full of grace. Full of grace. Grace means uh, a gift that is given to you not based on what you have earned. And so we love to talk about grace in terms of our relationship with God. But what about our grace towards other people? We can't just go and look and say, well, this person, I really like what they do. I really like how they are. And so I'm going to speak kindly to them. This person, I don't really like them as much. So I'm going to speak nasty to them. We are not given that option. We are to be kind to all. Uh, I just... uh, I guess it was a month or two ago, there was something uh, in, in entertainment that uh, talk show host uh, Ellen DeGeneres was uh, uh, seen at a football game with former President George Bush. And they, they are an interesting mix because uh, Ellen DeGeneres is, is on the, the, the far left and uh, George Bush was on the, the far right. And they, they were uh, filmed sitting there seeming to enjoy each other's company. And some of Ellen DeGeneres' uh, friends got on social media and slammed her and said, uh, you have no right to be nice to a person on the opposite end of the political spectrum. And they really slammed her. And I really appreciated her. And Ellen DeGeneres is not a Christian, but I really appreciated what she said, that uh, she promotes on her show kindness towards everyone, not just to the people on the same end of the political spectrum, but everyone. And so... She was happy to disagree with George Bush on many things and yet to treat him kindly, treat him as a human being. And that is an incredible lesson for uh, every person, uh, Christian or not, that we would be able to treat people in that way. It doesn't matter if we believe that our opinion 
or our conviction is absolutely correct. That never gives us the right to tear down what other people say. Uh, Can you imagine if uh, the newspaper each morning was going to print as its headline the nastiest thing that you said the day before? Imagine that. that You knew automatically that's going to happen. Well, you would really be careful to control what you said. You would want to make sure that you never say anything nasty to anyone. And yet, that shouldn't be the pressure to control what we say. We should be wanting to build up people, whether it's going to be made public or not. In the military, people are deployed. They're given a little card with the rules of engagement. They're told this is how they are to act once they are deployed. This is how they can respond when people respond in this way. And it makes things very clear. Well, we, as followers of Jesus, have been deployed into this world. And we have been given rules of engagement. These rules include devotion to prayer. We need to be in constant communication with God. We need to be thanking Him. We need to be watching for the things that He has done and the things that He is doing. We also need to be praying for those who are sharing the message of Jesus. We need to be careful in how we act, that we live out in a way that honors who Jesus is, that we should never be an embarrassment upon the name of Jesus. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. Yes, we're going to stumble in ways. But let our response to the stumbling be something that would give glory to Jesus. And finally, let us be careful with how we speak, whether it is written language or verbal language, that we would speak words that build up people, not just our friends, not just the people we like, not just the people we agree with, but all people, that we would use those words in a careful way. Those are our rules of engagement. Let us pray. God, I thank you for all of the guidance you give us in the scriptures. I thank you that you care about how we live our life and how we interact with you and how we interact with others. We pray that you would give us the strength to live out the life that you have called us to. In Jesus' name, amen.